I am excited for today. I've been looking forward to today's message for about three months. And I'd like for you to turn to Exodus 32. And this is our theme scripture in the series. And as you're turning there, uh, I would like to welcome Jason and Sonny. And uh, it is a pleasure to have you. Can you stand, please? Amen. Jason, are you still serving in the, in the Air Force chaplaincy? Yes, sir. Oh, thank you. Thank you for your service. Amen. Many years ago, they were part of the church and, and uh, just a blessing to our church. And the Lord led them in the areas of, of Air Force and chaplaincy. And I know you are such a blessing uh, to the men and the women of the Air Force. And I, I just, um, I'm thrilled of who you are and what you've been called to. Today, we are continuing in the series called Crossing Into Covenant Thinking. And we are now discussing in this series, Discovering God and who He really is. I really would encourage you to get online and to myvcc.org and listen to the podcast over and over because breakthrough is manifesting. And, and today, I have a very strong word for you, but I have a very encouraging word also. And I, I want you to recognize that you are created in the image of God, in the image and the likeness of God. And, and you are so important to Him. You are His daily delight. God looks at you and, and presses into you. And when you and I worship him and press into him, there's such a, a glory that manifests in relationship. God is a God of love and relationship. And as we began to discover God, we read in Exodus 32, and as you well know, this is the story of the golden calf. And it says, Now when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, Come, make us gods that shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And Aaron said to them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people broke off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand, and he fashioned it with an engraving tool and made a molded calf, golden calf. Then they said, This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. Now, Israel at this time is at this season in their life were ruled by fear. How many of you have ever had seasons in your life that you woke up in fear, you, you went to work in fear, you went to bed in fear, and you didn't know what was going on? We have found out that there is a spirit of fear, and the spirit of fear as we have discussed, has given three major fears that he wants to attack you by to 
cause you living in fear to disassociate with God. Even though you know God, even though you love God, you disassociate with God. Pastor Dan said something very pertinent even in today's message. I thought, well, maybe he read my message, <laughs> you know, but, but the reality is, is that in, in many instances in our lives, there are seasons in our life that we want to kick God out. We want to throw God out of our lives because the remembrance and the thinking of God causes us anger and frustration in our life. And you look at me and you, and you say, Pastor, how, how in the world could that be? Because I've known the Lord for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and I just love God. I understand that Israel knew God. Israel loved God, but remember, the purposes of parenting is that you are image bearers to your children, that you're created in the image and the likeness of God, and you are to perpetrate God's image to your children. But we find in life that there are many children that are raised up and they're given a false image of who God is. And a lot of times in your life and in my life is that we look at things in our life through a, a false image of, in reality of who God is. And that's what Jesus was doing when he was here. He was trying to get Israel, he was trying to get the people to go from the old covenant thinking to new covenant thinking, to get from a covenant of, uh, or a thinking of slavery into a covenant of sons and daughters. A loving, a caring, and a, and a God that cherishes you, that you are his daily delight. But many people see things in life as, as this ogre God that is up there. Even our world, when there's a storm or anything, they say the act of God when something goes bad. Life said to them, Moses is nowhere to be. He's nowhere to be found. He's lost. Something's happened. I'm afraid. So what happens is their past image of God comes, comes back. What was their past image of God? They were, they were ruled in Egypt. In Egypt, they were ruled by tyranny. They were ruled by cru cruelty. They saw false gods. Egypt had 10 gods that they saw all the time. And, and uh, they, all, they were never, any, any of those gods were never pleased. And so they saw even Egypt the people of Egypt always trying to do better and they're never good enough. And because of that, life people live their lives never thinking they're good enough, never thinking that, that they, they can do things right, even though they know God, even though they know God's call in their life. They never think like they're doing good enough. Now, there's a difference between growing and, and being discipled and bettering yourself than someone uh, who feels condemned and feels guilty every time they, they talk or every time they do anything because they're just not good enough. The Bible says there's no condemnation to them that love the Lord. And it, it's not, it, there's a lot of people who love the Lord who feel condemned. And it, what it's saying is that those that really know what it means to love the Lord really knows what it means and we're learning about worship, then those are the people that will never live a life of condemnation. And that's the life God wants you to live. We blow it at times. We make mistakes. 
That's why 1 John 1.9 says we're to confess our sins before the Lord. But there are so many believers, people that know God, that love God, that have confessed him as Lord and Savior, they're going to heaven. And they're still struggling. And then the world calls it self-image. I'm telling you, we need to get a God image in us. We need to understand who we are in Christ. And that is what Jesus was doing is he was trying to get them into new covenant thinking. When you see the New Testament, it's constantly talking to you about changing from, from the slavery mode to this always guilty mode to a mode of son and daughter in relationship. And even though you may stumble, even though you may make mistakes, that because you have such a, a respect for God and an honor for God, that you begin to live your life in this area of the confession of your sins and, and you're walking, you're hidden in Christ. You're sitting, you're sitting in heavenly places. All through scripture is telling you and me how amazing you and I are in the kingdom of God. And that's what I'm trying to do in this series is to, even as Jesus did, I'm trying to break through this, this false image, break through the past hurts of your life. We went through and, and they asked Jesus, what are the greatest commandments? And he said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And there's a second that's like it, love your neighbor as yourself. We learned the neighbor isn't the one that lives next door. The neighbor is one that has confessed Jesus Christ as Lord a brother, a sister, that you begin to live a life of honoring God and honoring one another. There is no place in the kingdom of God for us to dishonor God or to dishonor one another. It's just bottom line. I, I'm a bottom line person, and that's just what the Bible tells us. We have no place to dishonor one another. So fear caused them to reject God even though they believed in him. I mean, just think about it again. We covered this in this series, but think about it again. Here's the God that delivered them. Here's the God that, that, that separated the sea. Here's the God that destroyed the soldiers of Egypt. Here's the God that fed them manna. Here's the God that fed them quail when they complained, constantly complaining. And it's because they, they didn't think good of themselves. How many of you know people who live their lives and they do good things and they're hard workers and they, they've confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and they're going to be going to heaven. But every single day of their life, they're complaining. And it's not because they're bad people. It's not because, you know, there's something wrong with them. It's bottom line that they have false image of God. We have found in our journey of discovering who God is that there is an enemy that can keep us from what God wants us to do and can keep us from seeing God as who he really is. And again, we described it as the enemy is fear, a spirit that wants to destroy God's image in you. So this is so important. The one thing that takes us into God's presence and empowering grace is worship. Worship is the, the avenue. Worship is the road that takes you into 
this covenant lifestyle, into this covenant thinking, into this, this place where even though all Hades may be breaking loose in your life, that there's peace because you think Scripture, you're thinking godliness, you're thinking who God is, and that your trust is in Him. We have described worship this way in this series. Worship to God is an awe of Him, an intense respect and trust of Him. It's not just playing a guitar or or the drums, and that's part of worship. There are many tools of worship, but it is a knowing He is everything that He said He is. So you must know that God, who he says he is, that's exactly who he is. He's not a liar, and he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He loves you. Worship, it is what you trust the most to deliver you. When you worship, it's, it's what you trust the most. It is in everything your source of hope. We described a couple of weeks ago worship as worth-ship. He is worthy of your attention and your affection. It is something that you can't live without. I know when we we go into the the Daniel fast, and and, uh, now we're we're doing pretty good at it, but I remember when we first started the Daniel fast, we all struggled a little bit about the eating part. You know, we just got to eat. And, you know, McDonald's commercials look good to you after that, you know? And, and you, you get into this lifestyle, you get into this place of, of your life where you just gotta have this, you gotta have that, you gotta get up and have your coffee, you gotta, all these things. Well, what I'm saying to you is when you begin to really realize in this covenant relationship with God that he is so worth your time, he is so worth your effort, that every day you cannot go a day without worshiping your God. That's this covenant thinking. Satan has tried to rip you away from worship, and he uses three greatest fears of mankind. And and the first two we've already covered, the first two is the fear of rejection. The second one is a fear of failure. And today we're going to describe the third fear. The Bible says that fear brings torment. It can rule you and bring you into bondage. But praise God, God has done something so wonderful, and we need to discover this in a greater light. Even though you love God, you believe God, this bondage causes you, just like Israel, to then trust in other things. And see, the goal of of our lives as believers is to really know God and discover God that we trust him in everything. That whatever goes on in life, and you know what, sometimes life deals you and me difficult, horrendous things. But when you trust God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and you begin to honor God, you begin to honor one another, What happens, breakthrough begins to take place. And we're going to bring this to you. We're going to show you how this works. So the third major fear that the enemy uses, and I think, 
is the most powerful attack that he uses against the believer is the fear of death. The fear of death. See, the closer you get to God, the less you fear death. The more you long for eternity. This Saturday, we're going to have the privilege of honoring an amazing woman, over 100 years old, J.D. and Lucanda's aunt. Love God with all her heart. J.D. sent me a picture a couple days ago of me sitting with her six months ago, and, and I remember six months, however long it was, and I remember the conversation of, it was about God. It was about all these years of her, her serving the Lord and her and her husband pastoring a church and starting a, a nonprofit that now sends uh, every year at least 100 students to college and has done so much in her life. And there's this, this frail little, little over 100, she's 101, almost 102. And, and there, there she is just laying there, probably weighs 75, 80 pounds. But a powerful powerful packed woman, the things that she faced in her life, the things that she dealt with, but she walked in strength because of a relationship that she had with God. How special that is when you can live the years that she lived, and at the end of her life, even though she suffered some things uh, in her body, that there was a smile on her face and that there was joy in her heart. Because her greatest joy was to be alive to worship the Lord. The Apostle Paul said this in Philippians, for me to live as Christ and for me to die as gain. Basically saying, I have a desire to depart and be with God. It's not a point of because I don't like this life, I don't care about this life. It's that I just desire to be with God because he's everything to me. See, you can always tell your, your proximity to the Lord and the amount of peace that's in your life. You can always tell your distance from the Lord with the amount of fear that's in your life. Because fear of death, fear, this, these fears want to drive you into a place where you feel like you're alone, that no one is there, no one cares, that everybody's out there to get you, that all these different things that life has dealt you wrong and there's no way it can be changed. But when you begin to draw close to the Lord, you see a different picture. That false image of who God is begins to change and you begin to live a life that is so pure and so powerful. And it's not about what you have, it's about who you are and knowing who he is. In Hebrews chapter two, listen to this, verse 13. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, here am I and the children whom God has given me. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same. That through death, talking about Jesus, that through death he might destroy him, talking about Satan, who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Because of this fear of death, we are subject to bondage. Because we fear this thing that, that everybody lives and makes money to be more healthy and, and to do all these things, there's nothing wrong with exercise. I do it all the, all the time. Nothing wrong with keeping in shape. I try to do that. 
But the reality is, as you and I must realize, is that there is a spirit that hates the relationship you have with God and will do everything he can in bringing fear of death. And a lot of times we don't even know we live in that fear. We don't even know we make choices. We do things because of that fear. Yes, we love God. Yes, we sing and we rejoice in the Lord. Yes, we're in the Bible. Yes, we're over here uh, in journaling and we're, we're OSL and, and, you know, the pink nation, everything that's going on. The Word of God is there. We love the Word of God. And we don't even know that sometimes we're living in fear. We wonder why the happiness is not there that we want to have. See, a lot of people have fear of death. The bad thing about it, the world is full of death. The world is full of cancer. The the world is full of Ebola. They find new deadly diseases. We're under high terror alerts. People don't go to movies. People don't go to church anymore because they don't want to be in a crowd because they're afraid of someone coming in and blowing them up. I'm I'm not telling you that that's not something you have to be careful in life, but I'm telling you, you must realize that there is a fear that is wanting to get you away from your relationship and thinking, covenant thinking. A couple of weeks ago, I flew to Colorado to uh, enjoy the birth of our little Bonnie, and I was, I was going over my notes. I had my Bible out. I was sitting there, and and I was going over my, my notes, and I just really felt like, wow, what am I feeling? And the Holy Spirit began to share with me that what I was feeling was just a lot of people were just fearful of where they were at, fearful of flying, fearful of, of going through the gate and some you know, alarm was going to go off, and they are going to take them in the back and, you know, whatever they were going to do, just fear was all over people's faces. It's all written all over their faces, and it was breaking my heart. I wanted to stand up, you know, on a chair, and I wanted to preach a sermon. I wanted to talk about covenant thinking. I wanted to say, listen, and I know that many of those probably know God, many of those probably serving God, but they're living in fear. Jesus said this concerning the end times, In Luke 21, he says, men will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world. We literally live in a world that is full of fear. Stress is a number one killer in America. Anxiety. People spend billions of dollars on pills to calm their fears. And what I am trying to say is this. If you fear death, it's not a good day for you. But I'm saying to you, take this message and let it deliver you and let it bring you peace. I asked Terry to pray. I didn't ask her why. But I really wanted that agreement with my wife to to be able to dispel any spiritual wickedness that would want to block the revelation of what you're going to hear in the next 15 minutes. I want you to understand that that God created, we're learning this with, with Warehouse, with our young people, about the love of God. God created everything. 
And he did it for you. He created all shapes and sizes and tastes and everything. Why? Because he did it for you. Jesus walked in the cool of the garden every morning with, with Adam because Adam was Jesus' daily delight. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the Father's daily delight and you and me are Jesus' daily delight. That Jesus sits on the right hand of the Father and he loves you and he cares for you and he thinks about you and when you confess the word of God, he proclaims that and and allows that word as it was spoken to be overwhelming in your life and be able to deliver you from any attacks of the enemy. He wants to protect you. He wants to put his arms around you and to hold you and to keep you from the things that would want to destroy you because literally it pleasures God to walk with you. It pleasures God to talk with you. It pleasures God to listen to you in your worship. And it pleasures God for him to talk to you too. What is a phobia? A phobia is a extreme or irrational fear of something. And every phobia is rooted in a fear of death. You say, I fear snakes. You really don't fear snakes. You fear you're going to be bit and die. Because a snake could be like a rabbit. We have people that own snakes in our church. A snake could be like a rabbit, a fluffy rabbit to, to some people. But what it is, is it is a fear, a fear that comes in. There are fear of heights. You're not afraid of heights. No, you're afraid of splattering. That's right. My mother has a fear of heights. I remember as a child, we went to a, a, a place and they had this huge elevator and you'd get up to look out and it went way up in the air. And when she went to step off the elevator, there was a crack about like that. You could see all the way down, she froze. And my brother and I had to literally pick her up by her elbows and carry her back into the elevator to go down. The fear of heights. And because that image was in front of me all my life, there are times in my own life that I have, I will go someplace and I will get that. And the reality, how I broke through that is two things. First of all, I'm going to tell you the first thing, and the second one you're going to learn a little bit. That is a spiritual breakthrough. But a physical breakthrough to me was literally understanding that I needed to recognize that there is a spirit of death that is wanting to bring fear in my life and keep me from things that I want to do. And so I made it a point every time I was around things like that, that I'd make it a point to step out and to be there and come against that spirit of fear. But there's something when you begin to understand this relationship with the Lord, when you begin to understand the love of God and the protection of God, and you begin to live in this, in a moment I'll share with you, 
then what you're going to recognize is you can defeat any fear that has ruled you, any bondage that has been there, anything that you say, I can't fix this, I tried to stop this, I asked God to forgive me, I'm still doing this, I'm in bondage. Yes, you are, because fear has torment and fear has ridiculed you and brought you into that place where you can't defeat it. But I'm telling you today, you can. I'm telling you today, you can defeat it today, now. Because you understand the truth that will set you free. Jesus came to die on the cross to break Satan's hold on death. So he no longer can control us through the fear of death. Jesus has already defeated this. He's defeated fear. Some of you are thinking, well, you know what, Pastor, I'm just so weak. No, you're not. You must receive breakthrough, and here's the breakthrough. It's through worship. It's through worship. When you begin to understand this amazing, integrous, covenant relationship with your God, and you begin to adore him, as Pastor Dan said, you begin to worship him and his worship. It is worth your time. It is worth your effort. When you're facing situations, you're facing stuff at work and things are, are uh, there's someone there that's bullying you or whatever. You know, we, we're trying to fix things through trying to make people better. Let me tell you, you're not gonna make people better. The enemy hates the relationship that you're in with your God and hates the relationship you're in with one another. And the only way that you can, the only way you can truly break it is through worship. You're not weak. You're not bad. <laughs> so that's those other fears that we talked about. You're not as good as, you know, people think, well, I'm not as good as someone. No, that's not it. That's not true. God has planned his plan for you. God loves you. God created this earth just for you, the individual. God has set it up for you. He loves you. No matter where you've been, what you've done, God is there for you, and he loves you. If you are a Christian, let me give you some good news. In John chapter 11, says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Let me tell you about death. Did you know you will never die if you are a Christian? There will never be an instance where you're dead. You will never be in the ground. You will never be in the casket. And you will never be in an urn. You leave your body and are in God's presence. Church, if I took my last breath here right now at this moment and collapsed on this stage, I want to tell you, my next breath will be in heaven. My last breath here will be here. My next breath will be in heaven. I will live. If my eyes closed right here, they would instantaneously open in heaven. If my senses could not feel this realm any longer, instantaneously I would feel heaven. 
I will never die. The fear of death is a lie. That should be a chant. I will never die. The fear of death is a lie. The reason why people fear death is they have not discovered the truth of who God is and his promises in in his covenant. When you know who you are, when you know exactly what God has done, why God has done it, he's done it for you, he loves you. Jesus is sitting on on the right hand of the Father with scars on him, said, I paid the debt. I did it because I love them. They are my daily delight. Every day I think about them. Watch this. Even though fear is causing you to reject God, even though fear is causing you to back away from doing the will of the Lord, I want to say to you, the Lord Jesus is there loving you. But I want to give you some I want to give you some real truth and real understanding that the devil wants you to have some grisly premonition. How many of you have had bad dreams? Nightmares. You get up in the morning and you're afraid because you know, is that from God? God is trying to show me something? So you're not going to get on an airplane? You won't go certain places because of the fear of death. Bottom line, you don't do what God called you to do. That's the bottom line of it. That's the very thing, the the control. You live your life, you, you do not let fear control you. Fear, when it controls you, it will keep you from all that God has. Let me say it this way by giving you some real truth. If you're doing God's will, you are safe, and if you choose out of fear not to do God's will, you are not safe. So I want to instill some fear in, no, I don't. Church, no home can protect you. No vest can protect you. Karate lessons cannot protect you. Mace on your keychain cannot protect you. There is fear, but what you fear the most, that you will worship. So if you fear God the most, you will worship him, and all the blessings of life come when you worship God. You want to walk in protection? You want to walk in safety? You want your children blessed? You want your grandchildren blessed? You want to see the power of God move in your family, your home, your church? You want to see the healing power of God? There are many people that pray to be healed. They're not healed because they're walking in fear. And and the reality is, is what God is saying is this. In this covenant relationship, it is real. It is so real. And we have to understand that, that just placating God, just going after God periodically, It doesn't get it. What gets it is that you worship God. That you trust in him the most. And because you trust in him the most, you worship God. If you fear God the most, you will worship him, and all the blessings in life come when you worship God. 
I said that twice because I want you to understand. You want the blessings of the Lord to overwhelm you? Then we need to watch this, that fear, fear God, is the awe and the respect and the honor for God. So what I'm about to say to you is ultimate divine revelation. Worship is the only thing we can do that brings about the result we want. Pastor, we talk about faith all the time. We talk about the word. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. But covenant thinking is we love the word not because it's just going to work for us. We say the name of Jesus not just because once in a while we want to feel powerful over the devil. It's all about worship. It's all about we respect God. We honor God. We love God. He's everything to me. I trust him in everything. Nothing is over my love for God. Everything. I worship God. I respect God. I'm awed by him. We need to see the throne of God even though we don't see the throne of God. We need to see God even though we don't see God. Remember the, the scripture we read a couple weeks ago where Moses and Aaron, the 70 elders and then the kids went and had dinner with God. They sat and had dinner with God. Well, you can't see God or you die. Well, they did. The Bible tells us. And right after that, they make a golden calf. Because even though they saw God, he wasn't everything to them. They were afraid to starve to death, so they made a cow to worship him. We don't have to trust in Moses anymore to get any more manna. Matter of fact, I'm tired of that manna. I want quail. I'm tired of quail. My needs are not being met. I don't have enough. But when you worship God, you have more than enough. <laughs> worship truly dispels our fears. And those three major fears we've talked about, worship destroys the work of the enemy. So with this revelation here, hear this. When you worship fears, it just gets worse. We're afraid of being rejected. You do everything you can to make yourself <laughs> presentable and right to be accepted. You think, now life is good. No, your fear of rejection gets worse and worse, and you'll do more to compromise your beliefs. Well, I, feel, I fear poverty. You can make a million dollars, and you think all your fears are going to go away. When you get the million, you now will fear you're going to lose the million. Many people who are unrighteous millionaires live in absolute fear of losing their wealth. They're committing suicide. They don't know what to do with this fear. They don't understand it. And I'm telling you, you understand now that there is an enemy, Satan, 
that brings three major fears in your life. And he brings that. It has no power over you. It has no authority over you. But the problem is we don't know it. And because we fear these things more than we fear God, and we struggle. So the longer you serve your fears, the worse your fears get. And the only way your fears go away is that you worship the Lord. That's why in everything that we do at Valley, it's about the word and worship. That's why you see the, our pillars, you know, of leadership, of the word, worship, and, and you see all the discipleship and, and everything that we do, we, we find that God is, is setting things up in our lives. He is putting things together in our lives to understand. If we're going to walk in these things, healing is the other pillar. If we're going to walk in these things, then we need to settle in all of our spirits. It's about worship. It's about I need to understand, discover really who God is. And I need to worship. And how I do that is I worship him. When fear wants to climb all over me, I start worshiping. At times, you may start by, by just coming to church as much as possible, staying in two services, first service, listen to the message, come to the second service, and worship, and then leave. But see, it's more than that. It's every day. It's being at home. It may be instead of listening to oldies, you listen to old worship songs. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling what it is that we need to do. We need to worship. Hmm. Hmm. Let, let, let's talk about this. Jeremiah 2.1, it says this. The word of the Lord came to me as a thief is disgrace when he is caught. So the people of Israel was disgraced. They, their kings and their officials, their priests and their prophets. They say to wood, you are my father. And to a stone, you give me birth. Let me just tell you, this is how stupid idolatry looks toward, to God. It's explained in Jeremiah. <laughs> he said, these people... They look at a stone and say, you're my God. Oh, I love you. And I want you to understand, let me just say this to you. God is in such relationship with people, he will even joke and make fun. And that's what he was doing. If you study the Hebrew language, he was literally, he wasn't saying an angry, he said, look how ignorant this is. That here I am, the creator of the universe, that has done all things for them. And if they just side with me in covenant thinking and the way we speak, the way we live, honor God and honor one another, love God and love one another, that all these things I promise will just flow into their lives. But they want to hug a stone. They want to hug a tree. They want to worship we got religions out now and worship the earth, worship the sea, worship fish. And, and God's just saying, look how ridiculous this is. <laughs> they have turned their backs to me and not their faces. Yet when they are in trouble, they say, 
Come and save us, God. Where then are the gods you made for yourselves? Let them come if they can save you when you're in trouble. For you, Judah, have as many gods as you have towns. (laughs) So the conclusion of God's heart is this. You are his daily delight. Why are you trusting in other things? See, the bad thing about worshiping something other than God is this. We worship money, worship success, acceptance, popularity. Though God loves you, (laughs) you're saved and going to heaven. When your trouble comes, God can't help you. Here's the answer to the many people that asked you this question, this famous question. Where's God? Here's your answer. I don't know. Where is he in your life? Amen. I don't know. Where is he in your life? Well, if he's really God, he would... But you hugged a stone. You hugged acceptance because you're afraid of rejection. You hugged a tree. Well, then... Pray to the tree. Say, tree, give me food. That's what he's saying to Israel. You made a golden calf, all right. Make that golden calf grill you a steak. You see how funny God is? And he's not doing it, you idiot. No. He's saying, come on, man. Have you ever done that with your friends? What'd you do that for? I don't know. That was dumb. Yeah, I know, but you're my friend. You got to love me anyways. God loves you, but what'd you do that for? Come to me. Trust in me. Here it is. Worship me. Spend time with me on a daily basis. (laughs) So we need to Make a big decision. We're not going to call friends for help anymore. Oh, sure, they can help us. People pull out a credit card. We need to make a decision, and the decision is this. Take that degree off your wall, even though I have a degree, and rub it on your head and see if a genie appears. You see all the religions preached in the world today. Education, health care. Let's name them. Let me tell you the blessing of serving, and I can't wait till next week because we're going to talk about the blessing of serving. Here's a question we must ask. What is the motivating force in our lives? Where do we give our best? Where do we focus the first of our attention and affections and treasures of our lives? And let me say this. If it's not God, then it is to a false God. If it's not God, 
it is then a golden calf. And the curse is this. You have chosen something else other than me. And when your trouble comes, then pray to it. God's calling you to him. God is saying, you've tried all the other stuff, some of you. Come to me. Trust in me. Yeah, but God, I'm afraid that... That's what I'm trying to tell you. You're living by fear. And you're not worshiping me. Let's all stand, and I want to do one more thing. I don't know how many times in my life that I've looked back and said, what in the world was I thinking? Why did I do that? You ever been there? Why did I decide to do that? And years ago, it got to the place where it kept going back because I was afraid of something. Because I was afraid the result would be this. And I was afraid. And because of that, I worshiped and I served that fear by making a wrong decision. Then hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. And when you pray, say, Father, I need to make a decision. I come before you in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, show me. You know what he's going to do? <laughs> He'll answer you. Because you say, I worship you. There is nothing more important in my life than you. I'm not going to do anything unless it pleases you. doesn't matter if this person, that person. I want to please you. <laughs> that covenant thinking causes you no longer to wrap your arms around a stone wrap your arms around a tree or acceptance by someone but it causes you to wrap your arms around God and his arms around you and together his blessings and his prosperity and his healing and his direction and his love and his passion for you and his care for you will just overwhelm you. Sure, you're going to have little stuff around. The enemy says, fear, fear. You don't anymore because you worship what you esteem the most. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor, you hit me right square in the heart. I needed to know that God really does love me. You're here today, you say, Pastor, I've made some decisions. I have messed some things up. 
Some of you might be thinking, I've done it so bad, even God can't fix it. That's a lie. God, God will fix anything when your mind is stayed on Him. When you begin to worship Him, He'll fix anything. That's the God that I serve. That's the God that teaches me in the Bible. And if you're here today and you just really feel like, man, I'm, I've been living by fear, I would encourage you to come down to the front and to receive prayer. But not only receive prayer, but make a decision to worship God. In the midst of your fear, you're going to go back to work, you're going to go back home, you're going to go back to the same situation, and it's going to stare at you in the face and say, I am bigger than God. And you're going to look at it, and that fear is just going to... And all you got to do is just say, right now, I am overwhelmed by fear, Lord, but I worship you. You are my God. You are my Father. I love you today. I love you, Father. Oh, I want to worship and honor you every day of my life. And fear saying, shut up! But you're saying, I'm not going to shut up anymore. I'm going to be who God created me to be. I'm going to walk in His image. I'm going to walk in His likeness. And I am going to be an image bearer of God to my children and grandchildren. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you. Don't forget to sign up for Pig Nation. Don't forget uh, House of Prayer, House of Healing will not take place because of Pig Nation. But I want you to recognize there is something special for you and it's today. Breakthrough. Breakthrough. Father, thank you for your love and your mercy to our lives. Thank you, Father, that you are our God. You're our rear guard. You protect us. You bless us. All spiritual blessings are yea and amen for our lives. Lord, I pray every individual here that they would be able to see you and know who you are in such a greater light than they did yesterday. Blessings upon blessings upon this amazing congregation, Father. Guide them, direct them, lead them, show them your love, show them your care as they break through into worshiping you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a great hand.